Why you know about streets? Work happening in both directions between Jubilee and Churchill Drive. Is closed between Selkirk and Eastbound on Bishop Grandin expects some delays between Pemina and St. Anne's. Marion East and westbound towards Archibald. Likely this is Turning Point, Episode Six. The Winnipeg of today and tomorrow. Grandin, very slow right now as you're making your way towards Pemina. Plus, we've got delays southbound Pemina. Let me throw some numbers at you here. 20 years ago, there were just under 287,000 passenger vehicles, 54,000 trucks registered in Winnipeg. Today, 375,000 passenger, 72,000 trucks. That's 106,000 more vehicles on our roads. Now it's not so good. How so? So uh, it depends on construction. When they just uh, stop trafficking and uh, stop one of the lanes, it makes disaster. So it depends really on construction. I avoid Keniston if it's a busy time of day. You avoid Keniston, that's interesting. Yeah. Keniston is pretty bad. We're now they're fixing the bridge again. And like the after couple of years where the COVID was, traffic was stopped and then they could have fixed it then. You know what I mean? but right now uh, on Taylor is at three o'clock is like uh, on Main Street. <laughs> you can cross the street. 20 years ago, there were 354,000 dwellings assessed at $25 billion. Today, almost 321,000 dwellings assessed at just under $100 billion. We are a city and a region that continues to grow. In 10 years, Winnipeg and the surrounding municipalities will hit 1 million people. Question is, do we have the infrastructure to meet those needs? Hi, my name's Lanny McInnes. I am president and CEO of the Manitoba Home Builders Association. And today we are standing in Bonavista at the uh, intersection of De La Seigneurie and Ward Avenue in front of some new multifamily apartments that are going up. Our next step is a strategic infrastructure plan, understanding where the pipes are going and uh, where the city wants to expand and develop and based on their infrastructure priorities so that developers, so that home builders can plan to make their investments into the community. That's the, the key next piece. We've, uh, we've done a lot of work uh, with the city uh, and the province to... Uh, to, to There's one thing the developers can count those. on. Delays and deadlines missed. To, uh, and when you have millions of dollars on the line, time is money. As our city grows, McKinnis says the new mayor and council will need to complete a plan already started that will determine how much capacity our city has for development. Right now, we have poor data on how much sewer and water capacity we have to support future growth. That's right. Until now, it's been a guessing game. Yes, inside the city, we're running to a point where major projects are required in order to bring Greenfield online. Tim Komack is a Winnipeg developer. It's easier and more cost-effective to build in the suburbs and just outside our city. In older neighborhoods, it's more costly for several reasons. The pipes are old and it can't be replaced fast enough. In the infield market, you run into that all the time. I've got a site on Grosvenor. It needs a water line upgrade. 
know, nobody knew that until we started doing the mathematics behind it all and the science behind it. In downtown, you have combined sewer issues and capacity issues associated with how many units you can put into those combined sewers, which are dumping into the Red River at times at uh, above peak overflow. And so in all these places, we have challenges and infrastructure is a major piece of this puzzle. Comac McKinnis are part of a group that says the only way to grow the tax base is to invest in that critical infrastructure below and above the surface. The new mayor and the new council that's going to be coming in is how do we implement that? How do we connect how the city of Winnipeg operates to those plans? And I think that's going to be the key piece is ensuring that we don't have uh, free agents who, who are, uh, you know, those plans are nice. We're going to put them on the shelf and I've got my own agenda. What we need is a mayor to really drive the implementation of those plans because they are plans for how we can grow Winnipeg in a sustainable and, and productive way and address those levels of service that have maybe been neglected over the last 10, 15 years that uh, we're, we're definitely seeing the impacts of that now. And certainly anybody who drove the roads this year can see that uh, roads are going to be a top priority when it comes to that. I'm Richard Kluche, Turning Point on 680 CJOB. Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb join us now from the start. We've sort of thrown out this idea of BRT. It doesn't really work. Mm, we haven't really tried it. It opened during the pandemic. And if you've taken it to IG Field, I suspect you think it does work okay. And if we could have more of that, maybe. But with regard to the car, is it okay if I start with a rant? How is it that on Bishop Grandin Boulevard, the road that is most like a freeway in this town, it's wide. Yes, it's got only two lanes in each direction, but it actually feels like a freeway. It goes under Pembina Highway. You've got the flyover where it turns into Keniston. I avoid it like the plague because the traffic signals are so incredibly poorly timed that you cannot go more than two stoplights without having to stop. And I travel there as much as I try I to avoid it. It doesn't matter the time of day. I suspect it's all done to slow us down, not speed us up. Oh, you mean that urban legend might be true? That traffic engineers in Winnipeg would prefer to slow us down than speed us up? Shocking. You commute from outside the city of Winnipeg to get here. What's that like? I would happily take a bus or a train or some form of transit if it made sense. I would happily do it. I have to drive south of Winnipeg. My options are to come in on Pemina or Lajamodier. Pemina makes me want to pull out my hair every single time I'm on it. They are making improvements, but it's every year they're making improvements and I don't feel like that drive is any smoother in the sense of my speed of getting to work. And when it comes to transit, they've built this rapid transit system that would still be more costly for me to stop, pay to park, get on the BRT, stop again somewhere downtown, get back on it again, drive back home and still use my car and take me twice as long potentially. None of it makes sense. I'm actually in the line where I'd love to get on that rapid transit system and it doesn't add up money-wise, it doesn't add up time-wise and it does not make sense. I lived in cities where I relied on transit a lot to get around. And I have zero issues with being a transit user. It makes sense for everybody to get off the road, but I, I can't get off this road if there's not something good to get onto. I would happily take a bus to a Jets game in particular, 
but the bus that services my neighborhood stops running about 6.30. For me and my kids to go, say it's just two of us, it's $12 round trip for a cash fare. I can park underground, not even go outside. I can get in my car, conceivably if my car is in the garage, which it's normally not. But I can go from inside to inside to my seats in 18 minutes and leave my winter jacket at home for 18 or $20. Yes, I'm paying gas, but why would I take transit instead? So is there anything that we're hearing from the candidates at this point that would make our lives, not the three of us, but everybody that is listening that can really relate to this conversation, that we would like to do the right thing, but we can't afford to do the right thing either in cost or in time and then we end up well we're stuck in traffic and one of the reasons why we like Winnipeg is that we can usually get from point A to point B in maybe 20 to 30 minutes but on depending on the time of the day that's 45 to perhaps even more than an hour and that's not why I want to live here have we heard anything from the candidates that are saying we're going to attack this issue or is this just one of those issues you know what we made the choice back in the late 1960s we wouldn't have freeways here so we're just stuck in traffic when it comes to transit i do think there are some candidates who have recognized that the future talk is great but you have to fix the system as it is right now for the people who use it so if you want to appeal to the me who wants to use the transit down the road yes there needs to be a future plan but today for the person who's waiting an hour to get on the bus waiting an hour at the end of the day whose commute should take them 20 minutes and it's taking them three times as long fix that first and so there are some of them that they maybe readjust the schedules they might target the industrial areas they might go in and say we need to get more buses to the downtown find the places where people are going and fix those first and accelerate and that accelerate that because you're talking about the people who are using it today you're not going to tell me anything today that's going to put me on a bus tomorrow but there's someone on the bus right now that is, needs to hear from the candidate that's saying you know what i get it that your service today as a bus user isn't good and i will fix that today and i do think we're hearing some of that when it comes to the future there are bigger conversations to be had about what leg to do next and how to go about it. But I think Winnipegers need to hear from the, the person that's gonna say, that does start tomorrow. Today I'll fix what we have. Tomorrow we're gonna start on the next leg because my God, the next leg, I don't even, are we, uh, we, are we done the first leg? Is the first leg done? Sure, we'll call it done. Ish. But Ish, but if you are in traffic and complaining about it, remember you are the traffic. I think we forget that sometimes. I also think we underestimate the impact that train crossings have in this city. That's still an issue. Uh, I know the Waverly underpass has been built, but Marion and Archibald, that's part of my route. I roll the dice five times a week taking Marion, whether or not I'm going to hit a train. And if you hit a train, God help you, because it's an hour out of your life trying to navigate that. The whole idea of using the infrastructure we have now more effectively, more efficiently, I think has merit with regards to transit as it pertains to bus and the rapid transit we have, but also in regards to some of the streets that we have. I'm still not convinced that widening Keniston and rebuilding the St. James Bridge that impacts from Ness to Taylor is gonna solve the problem on Route 90 because what are you gonna do from Sterling Line Parkway to McGilvery? You still got a whole mess there. But you also have Lajemodzier. The only routes 
that are designed properly and wide enough is Portage Avenue. You don't talk, very few people will complain about problems on Portage Avenue. Especially St. James to Westwood. You've got four lanes there. So you park that for a moment, but every other major regional street is two lanes in the city of Winnipeg. And you look at the number of vehicles on the road, compare that to 25 years ago, and the numbers are absolutely staggering, even in the last 10 years. So this goes to the bigger issue about planning for a city of Winnipeg. Why do we create, we get, and when it comes to planning though, who's the candidate that's saying, before we, we approve this suburb, before we say we're gonna add 15,000 people to this end, can they get to and from that area in an effective time? And what are we adding to that area if we do that? So I think there's also conversations when you talk vision, it's great to talk growth, but when you have that outward growth and you don't plan for it, you get those Kenistons. You get those Kenistons that are bottlenecked because so many people move to the south. But that's where people want to live. I understand that. That's they, understand for a whole that. variety of but reasons. But then they get there and then they're mad that they can't get to work in an effective time because the road is poor and there's no bus service out there and there's no alternative. So I, I think when we keep talking about growth, we do have to say, wait a minute, is the infrastructure there? Because now it's the cart after the horse, cart before the horse. What's the darn expression Cart there? before cart the before horse, the depending horse. on how you're doing it. But we just built an interchange on the perimeter and a year later, they're putting up traffic signals at Wenzel in the perimeter. And I understand there's another set of traffic signals going up at Gun Road. So here, we, one step forward, two step ba- steps back, almost literally in this case. Centreport Canada Way was built as this supported, uh, supposed freeway, this gateway to this wonderful piece of infrastructure, which is maybe coming to fruition. Only one problem, Richard. Centreport Canada Way connects to the antiquated perimeter highway and the perimeter highway connects to highway 75 oh what do you have to do there you have to drive through your old stomping grounds before you get to highway 75 no bypass around headingley no bypass around st norbert so you can build whatever you want inside the perimeter highway when it comes to transportation and building the economy but think about what it connects to it's the billions of dollars of infrastructure that the city taxpayer can't afford. You need a province and you need a federal government and ultimately you need that leader on Main Street that can lobby those other levels of government to get it done because we are so far behind other major cities of this size. My thanks to Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb for joining us on Turning Point. I'm 680 CJOB's Richard Cliche. Like, what's your best power tool? Like, what's the my go-to? Yeah, go-to power tool. It's the sawzall because you can do like just about everything. Like, what does that do? You can cut through pipe. You can cut through uh, plumbing. You can cut through walls, two by four studs, drywall, wiring. If you're really not very careful. I don't do power tools. I'd like to be a power tool person. You know, like I like the idea of it. Well, you've been on the Habitat builds though before. Yeah, I like to walk around, lift things, kind of monitor the situation. So if it was a hard hat situation, you'd be wearing the one that would be kind of in charge. Except for I wouldn't be able to tell you what to do, but I could tell you what you were doing was good. Is this movie that I think you like? This guy decided.